All right, folks, this is not just another fanboy, and it's not just another fanboy presents. And it sure as heck isn't the Superman Super Show. Uh, no, this is my other podcast, and you're listening to episode number 14. Boom. Welcome to another all new episode of My Other Podcast, the show where I tap record and just start talking. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And I'll be honest with you, folks. I don't have a lot of time today. So I personally want to just jump right into things, get down to the nitty gritty and get stuff done, you know, take care of some business. But despite what little time I have, there is a somewhat important topic I want to talk about. And I don't mean important in the grand scheme of things. I mean, really, any life that anybody's living outside of mine, uh, this topic is actually kind of dull and stupid and and uh, doesn't really affect anyone else but me. And uh, yet, I'm going to talk about it anyway. And that is podcasting. See, if you're not sure, if you're not aware, if you are not hip to my podcast in history, I originally began podcasting back in 2006, doing a little show called Just Another Fanboy. And I did that for uh, almost three years, had to walk away in 2009. And then I came back to podcasting in 2018 with a show called The Stephen or Else Podcast. And about a year into that, a little less than a year, I... I had made this choice. Um, the 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 Stephen R. L.'s podcast was very similar to what Just Another Fanboy used to be. I had segments. I talked about comics. I I did a bit of news uh, every once in a while. I'd put some silly voices in there. And at one point, I thought, you know what? I want to kind of make this a full fledged, just freaking entertaining show. And I took all of the episodes that were online at the time, and there were like. Good Lord, let me look this up. There were 54 episodes up. Uh, The last one went up on June 18th, 2019. And really all that was, was a, uh, I just put up the new episode of Just Another Fanboy because I had, I had decided what I wanted to do with Steven or else was, was uh, reboot it as a show that what just featured comedic audio sketches, maybe some comic book talk bits and bobs of information. I it, it, Just various things. It was more of a uh, variety, an audio variety show. And uh, I was all into it. And I produced, let's see, 12 episodes total. 11 of those were done one week at a time. You know, I, 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 I had stayed on a schedule. I had a couple of weeks in there um, where I... Uh, strayed from format, like episode six was just me talking about whether or not I felt like we needed another Matrix movie. Um, Episode 11, I think was, uh, it was just called This Ain't No Episode. And I think I was, I think I just stuck in something from a previous podcast in there. And then episode 13 was just me talking about stuff. And and so those went uh, episodes one through 13 Started in in July of 2019, ended in Jan, uh, December of 2019. I did another episode, episode number 14, in April of 2020, and then an episode 15 in September of 2021. So by that point, I had a, I'd really kind of stepped away from it, and the main reason was because I have learned in life that I have creative bursts of energy. I can go months, weeks, years and not feel super creative, and then something will excite me, and I will create, you know, in this case, 10 to 12 episodes of about 45 minutes long in which I write and perform comedic sketches and and whatnot. You know, I really put in a lot of time on those episodes, and I had a lot of fun doing them. And then I just kind of ran out of ideas, and I ran out of energy, and so I stopped doing it. And I had been planning on rebooting once again, because there's a great big part of me that feels sad that Steven or else is just sitting out there not doing anything. You know, those episodes are up, the the rebooted episodes, the the 15 that I had done, those are up there. 
the 54 from the Stephen or Else podcast, because the title did change. It went from the Stephen or Else podcast to Stephen or Else. Those 54 episodes are over on the Everything or Else feed. And uh, I have most of a new number one episode put together. Um, I've been working on it for, good Lord, a year now, just on this one episode. And it it does have like the the sketch that opens uh, the the first episode one of Stephen or Else that was originally uh, originally landed on in July of 2019. It was called Did Game of Thrones Ends. I re-recorded that intro. I, I was never, uh, you know, the, the, the way these episodes would start, they'd have a cold opening that was an audio sketch, typically set in a comic book store called Franks and Beans. And I really liked that first sketch from that first episode, but I never really liked the way it ended. And so I spent some time rewriting it and re-recording it. And then, of course, once I did that, I was happy with it, but it was about three times as long as the original sketch. And so immediately I'm I'm uh, I'm not I'm not happy with it because it's just too darn long. And then I figured out that I could actually divide it in half. And in fact, I even figured out how I could split it up into three and play the first part at the beginning of the episode, play the second part somewhere in the middle of the episode, and then the third part near the end of the episode. And then I I uh, picked a comic book to talk about and wrote a script in which I reviewed it and I recorded that. I created a commercial that I was really happy with, uh, recorded that. And then that's kind of where I stopped. And I keep going back to it and I keep nitpicking and I keep you know, I'm looking at the 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 segment I did for the comic book and I'm not happy about it. Should I re-record it? Should I pick a new comic? You know, uh, I need at least a, a second commercial to to round this whole thing out. And then that episode could be done. But again, I've been sitting on it because I have not been as creative. I didn't I it's been a long time since I've had a creative burst of energy. And so that episode's just been sitting there. Now, in the meantime, I've taken this show, my other podcast, which used to be a Patreon exclusive podcast. It was only for the folks on the Patreon. I had done a uh, hundred or so episodes and I just got to feeling like, I don't know, I didn't like the fact that I was creating content that only a small handful of people were allowed to listen to. And the only reason they got to listen to it was because they were giving me money. The idea behind Patreon, of course, stems back to the old uh, idea of uh, wealthy people uh, becoming, you know, uh, patrons of the art. And basically that means that they, if they found an artist that they really liked, uh, that they felt should um, do nothing in life but create their art, they would fund these people, feed them, clothe them, house them, basically ensure that the artist had nothing else to worry about except making art. There would be food, clothing, and water for them, and they could just make art. And that's that's somewhat the idea behind Patreon. But along with that, Patreon set it up so that if you become a creator's patron, that creator can set up certain tiers that say, if you give me this much a month, you're going to get this exclusive content. Nobody else but the folks that give me $2 a month. If you give me $5 a month, then those people will get the same thing that the $2 people are getting, but even something more special that's only for the $5 people and, and all that. And really in the end, that's how creators get patrons is exclusive stuff. And before I was podcasting and was, you know, before I came back in 2018 as a podcaster, I would listen to podcasts and I would hear them talking about you know, their patron exclusive content. Uh, you know, I would be, I listen to a, a show, an episode, and I think this is just, I just love this podcast. I wish I, I wish there was more and there was more, but I had to pay for it. And that on the one hand, it's like the, the creator part of me completely understands that, but the podcaster in me, based on the time that I started podcasting, the, the podcasting was made by the people for the people. That's, that was, kind of how podcasting to a certain extent started. There were some big names that had really kind of uh, brought podcasting to the, uh, to, the, to the attention of the public. And of course, they made money off of it. But in general, especially in the comic book podcasting community, um, most comic book podcasts 
didn't weren't podcasting to make money. And in fact, there were a few bigger ones that did have sponsors. And usually those sponsors were places like DCBS services or or in-stock trades, places that were tied to comic books. And um, the sponsorships were there so that the podcaster could pay for the podcast because it, you know, as much as you, uh, you know, we, we get out there and we podcast because we love doing it and we're not in it for the money. You do have to spend money to podcast. There are now services nowadays that you don't have to, but in general, you do have to spend money. You got to buy a mic. You got to have something to record on. So that's why I ended up starting my Patreon. So I could, uh, hopefully just get enough each month to pay for the the small amount of money, the small expenses that go into creating podcasts each and every week. I'm I'm really stretching this out for somebody that does not have a lot of time. I'm really I'm really bearing down and spending a lot of time trying to explain, uh, trying to get into the context so you understand when I get to the main point why I'm saying it. But anyway, I had uh, I had gotten to the point where you know the 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 ego inside of me would create an episode of my other podcast and stick it out there for the patrons. And I would listen back to it as I was editing it. And I would think this is a freaking great episode. It's a shame that just a handful of people are going to listen to it. And even then, because the way patron, the way the the Patreon is set up, you really don't know if uh, how many people are listening to those episodes, if or even if anyone actually is. Sorry, I got interrupted uh, because I have family. I'm not a professional podcaster. I think that's one of the main points I'm trying to make here. If I was a professional podcaster, I would be in a studio. I would be uh, podcasting out to way more people than I am now. And I would be doing little advertisements at least three times in each show. Once at the top, once in the middle, and once at the end. But again, my ego was, was like pounding away inside of me going, this episode, you know, this particular episode you made is really good. Um, and for all you know, nobody's listening to it. So you need to make sure that it's available to everybody. And so every once in a while on on those types of episodes, I would recycle them and use them in just another fanboy. And, and in the end, I just, I made a choice and I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to reboot my other podcast. And if I am able to, it will go up on Patreon uh, a week before it goes out to the public. Of course, we all know that that's not happening currently. And uh, I just kind of decided if I lose patrons because of that, then, then you know, unfortunately, that's got to be the way it's got to be. And uh, so lately, I've been sitting here and thinking about my other podcast and thinking about Stephen or else and kind of thinking about the fact that 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 here I am sitting here and all in all, since I have started podcasting in 2018, I have started, let's see, the Stephen or Else podcast, Stephen or Else, Just Another Fanboy, Event or Else, The Streaming Fool, which is no longer around, my other podcast, The Superman Super Show, and now the upcoming Just Another Fanboy Presents. That's eight freaking podcasts. Now, currently, I'm only doing Just Another Fanboy, my other podcast and the Superman Super Show. But once October rolls around, Just Another Fanboy Presents will be added to that mix. And so I began thinking about my other podcasts and 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 wondering why I am still, you know, why I'm trying to make a show out of this. Because really the 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 main reason it came about in the first place was to provide exclusive content for the patrons. And now that that's not what my other podcast is doing, What's the point? Why should why should I be spending time on this show uh, when I have so many others and others like uh, Event or Else and Stephen or Else that have been neglected that, I don't know, I might have more fun doing. But at the same time, one of the things I like about my other podcast is just the simple fact that it is a show that's about whatever the flip I want it to be about. I don't... It, the idea with my other podcast is that if I want to do an episode one week 
in which I talk about an old skateboarding movie from the 90s, I can do that. If I want to do an episode where I sit down with a nerdcore rapper and we count down our top five favorite songs from another nerdcore rapper, I can do that. Just simply because I did not define my other podcast to be anything. You know, I couldn't do that in just another fanboy presents, for example, because the purpose of that show is to uh, talk about the death of Superman for an entire season. I couldn't do that in event or else because the purpose of that show is that I'm reading event comics one issue at a time. And as I'm thinking about all this, I'm thinking about Stephen or else and how there's still a number of things I like about that show that I, I feel are going to waste. Uh, one of which is the theme song, which my friend and uh, fellow musician, uh, dude that I used to play in a couple of different bands with back in the 90s and early 2000s, he created this this instrumental song that I would use for the intro of Stephen or Else. And I really liked it. And I liked what I was able to do with it uh, when I added this, this voiceover to it. And uh, I recently created a new podcast artwork for it that I, I really like as well. And then, of course, I created new podcast artwork for Everything or Else, which I look at that and I think, wow, that would have been better for Stephen or Else. But I'm not doing anything with Stephen or Else. So let's use it at everything or else. This is, I haven't said it yet, folks, but if if you're new to listening to my other podcast, if you've never been a patron there, I used to do episodes over there every, every once in a while in which I would spend literally the entire episode talking about the insane way in which my brain works and how I worry over the smallest, dumbest things and really get anxious and, and almost have panic attacks over as I'm sitting here thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing by spending time making episodes for my other podcast? Should I be devoting that time to Stephen or else? Should I cancel my other podcast and just do Stephen or else, but keep the, keep the, my other podcast format, but call it Stephen or else. But what if I, what if I want to go back to doing, uh, the sketch comedy show type thing for Stephen or else? Shouldn't I just kind of keep that in the background and wait until I have a creative burst of energy and then do, uh, you know, 12 or 13, 14 episodes in a row and then get them out there and be like, boom, there you go, folks dropped it. I, you know, it's like, I, I literally in, in, in this day and age with all the bullshit that's going on in this world, that's what I worry about sometimes. And it's stupid. And, uh, I really shouldn't worry about it. But one of the things that I can do to take a lot of that pressure off of me is just to sit here and talk about it, get it out of my head and uh, let all of you know that despite everything I have said, I'm probably not going to make any changes. Probably. Maybe. I haven't decided. We'll see. Tell you what, let's talk about some comics. What is your favorite thing in the world? Comics. Yes. Comics! No, 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 wait, tell them about comics. Comics! All right, so back in August, DC released a book called Deceased War of the Undead Gods, issue number one. It stands on August 9th, 2022. This is part of the deceased line of books that Tom Taylor has written. And uh, I had no idea that they were going to do another series. This apparently will be the final one. And uh, I decided I should probably go back and just reacquaint myself with the world of deceased uh, before I read that issue. And then um, this was, I, I made this decision after the issue hit the digital stands. And so before issue two came out on September 20th, I went back and read through everything that's currently out there. And uh, let me kind of break it down for you. Um, Deceased at this point is a series of miniseries, books, issues. And the main storyline has been broken up into three different minis. The first one is just 
Deceased. That was a six issue mini. While they were doing, well, uh, let me get to the, the, the ancillary stuff here in a bit. But the, the second book was Deceased Dead Planet. Those were seven issues. And now we have Deceased War of the Undead Gods, which will be an eight issue mini. Now, between these three different volumes coming out, we had uh, during the original six issue run of Deceased, we had a book come out called Deceased A Good Day to Die. It was just a one shot that tied into the uh, what was happening during the the original issues one through six. It's not a required read. It's one of those that, you know, if you want a little more, this would probably be a, a good issue to read. At least that's what I thought at the time. Once once I got to this new series, War of the Undead Gods, you got to kind of know what happened in A Good Day to Die. You know, it's good to have that information. Anyway, then there was a, a three-issue series called Deceased Unkillables. And uh, it was, uh, uh, well, you know, I should probably explain what Deceased is first. It's um, what, I guess ignorant people would call DC's version of Marvel zombies. And I say ignorant people because as far as I'm concerned, Marvel zombies can't hold a candle to deceased. Marvel zombies was played up as almost a a humor title and deceased is very much a horror title. And it's an Elseworlds book, so it's not set in main DC continuity. And uh, it's written by Tom Taylor with uh, art by Trevor Hairsign. Uh, I'm not sure I've been saying that guy's name for years, and I'm still not sure if I'm saying it correctly. But one of the elements from the DC universe has always been the anti-life equation. It's something that Darkseid is always after. It's like a mathematical equation that can be used to end all life in the universe. And Darkseid wants it because then he will have the ultimate weapon and can control everybody in the universe and be lord and emperor over everyone. Well, when Deceased opens... Darkseid is using Cyborg and I think it's the Black Racer who is basically the new god's personification of death. Uh, He's using the two of them to finally get a hold of the anti-life equation. But something goes wrong because the anti-life equation goes into Cyborg, who is part man, part robot, and it turns into a technovirus. And because Cyborg is connected wirelessly to the internet at all times, um, he is he manages to escape. He gets a boom tube or something back to Earth. And the minute he touches foot to Earth, he realizes that his onboard Wi-Fi has connected to the Wi-Fi of Earth and that the anti-life techno-organic virus took advantage of that and just suddenly, boom, is on everybody's screens if you have anything on earth that is connected to the internet and it's got a screen, you are suddenly infected with the anti-life virus. And it ultimately turns people into rage zombies. And so it is a zombie book, but it's not your typical zombie book. Um, The superheroes who are infected, they too turn into rage zombies. They are, um, I don't want to say mindless, They do have um, one goal, and that is to spread the virus and kill, because that's the that's what the anti-life equation wants to do is 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 kill. And so, once you are infected with the virus, you can bite somebody or claw somebody, or or uh, you know you can transfer that virus to other people. And the folks who are superheroes or supervillains who get infected, while they are you know, they have that mindless rage whose sole purpose now is to spread the virus and kill. Um, They're still left with enough of their faculties that they use their superpowers because why not? The the virus knows, for example, that the flash can uh, run faster than the speed of sound. So it uses that ability to spread the virus even quicker. And so you have, of course, heroes and villains that manage to not get infected, realize what's going on, destroy their screens. Um, Batman, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna spoil crap. Just be ready. Batman is one of these heroes that figures out what's going on right away and shuts off. Uh, I think he triggers a, an EMP in the in Wayne Manor, but finds out he's too late because Dick Grayson, 
Nightwing and uh, Tim Drake, one of the Robins. They were there and they got infected. They attack Batman. They bite him. They claw at him. He becomes infected. Uh, Alfred comes in with a shotgun and kills, you know, blows Tim and Dick's heads off. And Batman puts on a uh, Mr. Freeze suit that he has laying around in the in the bat cave to, to, to slow down the virus. He knows, he knows it's going to infect him. He knows he's going to change, but he has to take certain, uh, you know, being Batman, he's, he's, he's set up certain things for certain reasons and he has to get them all triggered and started and get information out there. And, uh, but the, 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 the storyline behind the first series, the first six issues is the virus hits. Um, we have a handful of heroes that, are trying to save as many people as they can and load them on arcs. They have two arcs that can each hold 7 million people and then take them to uh, another planet to, to live away from the virus. Um, deceased dead planet is the, after they have set up this new community on this, this new world, uh, we learn that Cyborg, who at the end of the first series Wonder Woman has been infected. He is able to uh, wrap her lasso of truth around her and use that to make the anti-life equation answer questions. And the main question is, is there a cure? And he finds out that, yes, there is a cure and it's in him. But before he can learn how he can take what's inside of him and turn it into a cure, Wonder Woman gets free and rips his head off and throws it into a freaking canyon of some sort, a big pit. And uh, so in, in Dead Planet, the heroes who are now living on this new world, it's five years later, Cyborg, uh, even though he's just ahead, the, the computer parts of him and stuff still work. He's able to, after five years, reboot himself and send off a distress signal to bring the, uh, the heroes back and they successfully create a cure, um, which... Oh man, there is a, uh, and I think it, this doesn't happen until War of the Undead Gods, which is the new series, because we find out, because when Cyborg gets infected with the techno virus, Darkseid does as well. And Darkseid goes crazy and he jumps into one of the apocalypse pits there on Apocalypse and blows up Apocalypse. And so we're left thinking during all of Deceased and all of Deceased Dead Planet that Dark side and apocalypse is just gone, but we learn that no, that's not the case. Those, those, uh, the, the new gods from apocalypse all survived and now they're undead with the, with the virus and they are going out across the universe and spreading the virus and, uh, being gods that, uh, comes pretty easy to them and it's pretty easy. It's pretty hard to stop them, but there's a moment and I think it's in that first issue of undead gods where, the 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 cure has been made and everybody on earth has been given the cure at the end of dead planet but of the 14 million people or whatever it was that left earth uh they they start bringing them back or or actually they go back to the the the, the heroes go back to the new planet to let the everybody know what's going on and alfred is one of these people that were left on the the new planet you know there's no reason for him to go back to earth to try to help find a cure. He's just a regular dude. So when he learns that they found a cure and they were able to cure everybody, of course, he is just, he's brokenhearted. He's devastated because he killed Tim and Dick and Bruce, killed all three of them because they didn't know at that point that they had a choice. Had he just run away and left them there as zombies, they could have been cured and they'd be fine now. And so that was a really that was a really hard scene to read. Um, one of the one of the series I, I left out was uh, called "Deceased Hope at World's End." Those were fifteen issues. They were um, digital exclusives, so they're formatted to kind of fit the the wide screen of a computer monitor. I think they did collect them into a uh, you know a paperback at some point, but this was more of a story set during the main the, the the first six issue series and featured some of the uh the lesser characters that weren't really a part of the main story and and that that was a lot of fun but there's if you know if you're into zombie stuff if you're into zombies that have superpowers 
Um, if you're into world ending events and post apocalyptic worlds, if you're into world ending events and post apocalyptic worlds, and you're into DC comics and you have not read any of this deceased stuff, I, I urge you to get out there and do that, especially now that we know that there's this new one, new eight issue series that's going to round out the, the entire, uh, world, the entire story. Um, and because it's not canon, because it's not in the main DC continuity, all kinds of shit can happen. And I know some people don't read stuff like this because they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Batman became a zombie. That's cool, but it's not canon. It doesn't affect the Batman storyline. That That's true, but it doesn't make it any less of an entertaining story. And I believe I've mentioned it before, but I have almost gotten to the point where I enjoy these out of continuity stories like deceased, uh, human target, DC versus vampires. You know, I enjoy these so much more than the in continuity stories because anything can happen because there is a sense of danger and you never know going into it, who's going to survive. And, uh, I like that. You know, you read a Superman book and it's like, oh no, Superman's losing, the bad guy's winning, what's going to happen? Well, you know what's going to happen. Superman's going to pull it out in the end and win. You know, you know that. That's going to happen. In a book like Deceased, you don't know. Superman could get infected by the virus and fly into the sun and start feeding off of the sun so that the sun will extinguish and kill all life on Earth. Thus, propagating what the anti-life equation is looking for. You know, you just don't know. So that's why these these uh, these comics are, are so much fun. And then, of course, Deceased, completely written by Tom Taylor. He has, uh, he, he's written everything. This is his story. And I'm a huge Tom Taylor fan. And he does drama and humor and action. He blends it all so well. There's a moment in... Dead Planet, when uh, because one of the heroes that goes to the new planet is is Jonathan Kent, the son of Superman. Um, he is the new Superman because you know what I said about what if this happened to Superman and what if he got in, uh, infected and flew into the sun. That all happens, okay? So that that happens in Deceased. So the new Superman is basically Jonathan Kent, and he is uh, you know like a twelve or thirteen year old in the the first series. But by Dead Planet, he's five years older. And so when they come back to Earth, there's just this moment where Black Canary, who's now known as Green Canary because she's got a Green Lantern ring, I think they're orbiting Earth or out in space, and her ring picks up something that has launched from the surface of the planet that is moving at super speed toward them. And you're thinking, oh, did somebody fire a missile? And it just slams into Superman and we learn really quickly that it's uh, Crypto, the dog, who on Earth senses that John is back and loves his boy and his person so much that, you know, it's like when you walk into the house after being away for a couple of days and your dog just runs over to you and jumps into your arms. And in this case, it was a super dog flying into space where Superman is. It was just, it's one of those scenes that that almost, you know, for those of us who have dogs, who have owned dogs, who have known the joy of living with the dog, you know, a little, little tear coming from the eye. All right. Well, I've officially run out of time. I don't think there's anything else I want to say about Deceased. Um, I'm going to go off and do various things that I need to do in my life. And if I decide, because I still have to talk about She-Hulk, so we are going to come back and talk about that before this episode's done. But I'm going to uh, play a little music and then I'll be back. And whether I'm back talking more about Deceased or She-Hulk, I guess we'll see. Okay, so episode number six of She-Hulk Attorney at Law landed over on the Disney Plus on September the 22nd, 2022. That was yesterday, if you are listening to this episode as of the day that this episode was released. And it is described thusly on Wikipedia. Walters is invited to be a bridesmaid at her old friend Lulu's wedding. When she arrives, however, she is disappointed to find that Lulu wants her to present 
as her normal self instead of She-Hulk and is saddled with numerous pre-wedding duties. Even worse, Titania is present and she is dating one of Lulu's groomsmen. Walters bonds with Josh, a friend of the groom, but Titania attacks her, wanting her gone. Following a brief fight, Titania breaks down and storms off. Meanwhile, Book and Ramos work on a divorce case for a superhuman called Mr. Immortal, who has repeatedly faked his death to get out of several marriages. Compounding the problem, eight of his previous spouses all file suits against him upon learning his secret via an online video displaying his powers leaked by a website called Intelligentsia. After resolving the case by helping the spouses work out compensation deals, Book and Ramos discover several death threats directed at She-Hulk on Intelligentsia's message board, while the organization plan another attempt to steal a blood sample from Walters following the wrecking crew's failure to do so. This was another excellent episode. We have three more to go, seven, eight, and nine. And uh, first off, was was disappointed that Daredevil was not in this episode. I was led to believe not just by the reveal of the helmet to his costume in the previous episode, but I believe I read in on, on multiple places throughout the week online that episode six was going to be the episode in which Daredevil appears. And I also learned that he is only going to be in one episode. So who knows which one it's going to be now? Because now I'm hearing, oh, no, it's going to be episode seven. We'll see. We will see. But really enjoyed this one. Like I said, uh, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say that each episode just kept, keeps getting better and better and better. But they're all just great episodes. I'm just really enjoying the crap out of this show. It's very entertaining. And I was really kind of sad for Jen when she she was really looking forward to going to this wedding. She had a new dress made up by uh, the dude that made her, you know, her her suits and her superhero outfit. And she was really looking forward to just getting out there and 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 looking good as She-Hulk. She ha- she said it during this episode and she said it in other episodes, but it it it, it appears that the thing she likes most about being She-Hulk is her hair. She loves her hair as She-Hulk. Apparently she's not a big fan of her hair when she is just Jen, which did I mention that that was the episode title, the title of the episode, but I think what made it worse for Jen um, after she arrives at the wedding and is told that, no, you need to be here as Jen and not as She-Hulk. Lulu at one point asks her how everything's going. Let's catch up. What's what's going on in your life? And Jen's like, oh, my gosh, everything's great. I got a job at this prestigious law firm. I am the head of one of the the law departments at this law firm. I, of course, now have superpowers. And Lulu just cuts her off and she's like, no, no, I'm not interested in all that. Do you have a boyfriend? Is there a man in your life? And that is uh, apparently how Lulu defines happiness, not whether, you know, you're you're just satisfied with your life, not uh, whether or not you have a good job or you're you're proud of what you're doing or or anything. It's all about, is there a man in your life? Do you have a boyfriend? Is there a wedding on the horizon? And uh, immediately just from that, it, it it wasn't even when Lulu told her she couldn't be She-Hulk. It was at that moment that I decided I don't like Lulu. And yeah, Titania is there and Jen ends up getting a bit drunk uh, because she's not She-Hulk. She-Hulk, uh, you know, in her She-Hulk form, she does not get drunk, but in her gen form, she is. And so she's dancing and drinking and she gets a bit tipsy and she meets this guy named Josh, who seems like a super nice dude, who seems more interested in Jen as Jen than he is interested in She-Hulk. Um, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, great. She has a guy who likes her for her. But on the other hand, it's like, I hope that's not the case. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't wish Jen happiness, but for an episode to have this moment where Lulu basically looks down on Jen because she doesn't consider Jen's life worth anything or, uh, you know, 
a fulfilled life because Jen doesn't have a man in her life. And Jen, who seems to be completely okay with her life, she seems very happy with her her job and and she's uh, starting to accept the fact that she's She-Hulk. For, for the show then to go, well, but here is a man that's going to be part of her life and he's the perfect dude and, and look at him, he's so sweet. And now Jen is complete. I just... It felt really weird. It felt like two completely opposite messages in the same episode. So I found that kind of odd. But at one point, she's out um, on the, the the deck or the patio, the the outside area of whatever place this is where the wedding is happening. And uh, Titania approaches her and punches her right in the face. And she's like, well, of course I'm here to beat you up. Of course I, I'm using this groomsman just to get it into this wedding so I can beat you up. I told you in the last episode that I was coming to get you, that you were going to get it. And so she demands that Jen turn into She-Hulk so they can throw down because, you know, that it was that, that was kind of nice that Titania wants to uh, kick the crap out of her, but she doesn't want to do it. It's like she doesn't want to take advantage of a drunk regular person. She wants her to be She-Hulk so they can really throw down and Jen is so drunk that she can't transform at first, uh, but eventually she does, and the two fight, and they fight, uh, you know, they they wind up in the building where the reception is happening, and they they fight while they're in there, and uh, yeah, she kind of kicks Titania's butt, who at one point, after she gets knocked around a bit, she trips and falls on her face and wrecks her veneers on her teeth, and she runs away in disgrace. Uh I do want to talk about this website called The Intelligentsia. Um, and then we'll get to Mr. Immortal here in a second. But Intelligentsia seemed to be basically um, kind of like a, while I've never been on truth social media, that's what I'm picturing this being in the real world, uh, though it seems to be more uh, single white dudes on this website, or at least white men who uh, are there complaining about, you know, how uh, the, they're oppressed, how this country is not kind to white men, <laughs> which is a funny thing to say, even out loud, even as a joke, even, even, even in a sarcastic, ironic way, it's, it's still funny in my head to say it. It just sounds silly, but, uh, apparently I didn't know this, but watching, uh, some YouTube videos, the intelligentsia is from the Marvel comics universe and is, uh, I guess a collection of super intelligent bad guys. And so here is a possible way for the leader to um, show up on this show. Though I, at this point, I don't think he's gonna, I do, I mean, there's a, there's a big part of me that feels like the leader is behind this simply because if the Incredible Hulk movie is part of the MCU and, and based on everything I've seen, it is. And based on the fact that this Stearns guy is turned into the leader, because some of the blood from the Hulk gets into a cut on his forehead, uh, I would think that his next move, he would want to to acquire more of this gamma irradiated blood. And with the Hulk suddenly being off planet, he has set his sights on She-Hulk. Or maybe there's something that he finds more appealing about She-Hulk's blood because She-Hulk is able to um, control her transformation and, and all that junk. But Apparently, the Mad Thinker was part of the Intelligentsia and and some of the others. So we we do get a moment where we see some shadowy scientist type figures who seem to be plotting uh, to try and get more of She Hulk's blood. So we know we know that that's what this show is kind of leading to. Uh, but how that's going to happen, I don't know. And who turns out to be the big bad, I don't know. But uh, let me talk about. Mr. Immortal, real quick. This was a character from the Great Lakes Avengers, who uh, his only superpower is the fact that he can't die. He was created as a joke, or at least I don't know if his first appearance is from the Great Lakes Avengers. And frankly, now that I'm thinking, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I need to look that up. So just give me a moment here, folks. Okay, settle down. And yes, aha, I should say, tis as I expected. So yeah, uh, it looks like his first appearance was West Coast Avengers number 46, uh, which was a John Byrne book. John Byrne did create this character. And so 
Mr. Immortal was created as somewhat of a joke, as a member of the Great Lakes Avengers. And so him being a part of this show as a joke makes sense to me. And I do find it interesting that here is this guy who had uh, seven, eight, I don't know how many the, the, the freaking synopsis said, how many wives he had, and one husband, but it almost mirror, I mean, we've got, um, what's his name, who is the abomination, who just got released from prison, who had those seven soulmates, so that's kind of interesting. I wonder if, if the one has to do with the other, I don't know, but there is a, a, a moment because he is, he's, he's in the office, uh, he's in Book's office with her and, and, and Ramos. And he's, he's basically describing, you know, this is why I'm here. This is why I need you to help me with my divorce case. And it becomes fairly clear that this is a guy who has learned that he can't die. That, I mean, he dies for a couple moments and then he, he comes back to life and he has been, Living all these years, he will marry somebody. And then when he decides that the marriage is either getting too hard or stale, uh, he dies in some horrific accident and then changes his identity and moves on elsewhere. And, you know, once uh, Book and, and, and Nikki start, start in on him, you know, about how, so basically when life gets tough, you just kill yourself off and then start over somewhere else. He decides at that point, you can see that he has decided that this conversation has gotten uncomfortable and he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. So he jumps out the window and, you know, kills himself, landing on a car, comes back to life, gets up and walks away. But uh, it doesn't end up going to trial. The uh, uh, Nikki is actually able to negotiate terms with each one of the spouses or ex-spouses to uh, figure out what each one of them want from Mr. Immortal as compensation for what happened to them. And, and for example, one of them, I think it was the, the first woman he married. All she wants is for him to apologize, make eye contact with her for like, uh, I think, I think the original deal was two minutes, two minutes of eye contact, which he complains about. And so it's quickly changed to like five minutes or something. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a great episode. Uh, another great one. It's such a, such a fun series. It has quickly become Probably my favorite series of all the Marvel series uh, that have come out so far. Because, I, I mean, I've liked all of them. But so far, every one of the uh, MCU shows that have been on Disney+, Plus, there's always been at least one episode that I'm like, all right, I like that. But, eh, you know, it wasn't as great as some of the other episodes. You know, it's like, uh, for example... Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's like episode one was incredible. And I just left that first episode going, oh my gosh, this opens up so much uh, for me, for the MCU and everything after this is going to be so good. And I felt the same way about the first few episodes of Loki. And then, then there's just an episode here and there on each one of those shows that was like, oh, well, that one was okay, I guess. But every single one of these She-Hulk episodes have been great. There has been at least bare minimum one time each episode that I have laughed out loud. Um, Tatiana Maslany, who plays Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. I am just, I love this character. I love this actress. She is so good as Jen Walters. I just, I just love her. And um, I'm a bit sad that there's only three episodes left, but uh, I'm really excited to see where we're going with this thing. Because, you know, if you're... You've got a show about a superhero and we haven't had our big bad yet. And you assume there's going to be a big bad. And with the intelligentsia and somebody behind, you know, hiring the wrecking crew, for example, to try to get uh, Jen's blood, you have to assume that there's a big bad. And I just don't know who it is at this point. And I've heard various theories that I've uh, immediately forgotten. So <laughs> I'm sticking with uh, I'm sticking with the leader, but I don't think we're going to actually see the leader. In the show, I think the leader is working through uh, whatever the name of that dude is that went out with Jen that was really kind of creepy and wanted to know if there was something that could kill her and uh, turns out to be a, a client of the law firm that Jen works for. I think he's going to turn out to be the big bad. I don't know who he is. I mean, we may find out that he is somebody like the mad thinker 
or somebody like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I don't know that there's anything else I want to say about that or anything else in this episode. I feel like I should mention, because uh, as you know, if you've been paying attention while you were listening to this episode, I had to walk away at one point. I was talking about deceased and then ran out of time. And now I've come back to finish up the episode. And between recording time, I had been thinking about everything I said when I talked about deceased. And I want to talk a moment real quick about uh, when I said ignorant people call deceased DC's Marvel zombies. And first of all, I just said that flippantly. I don't I don't truly believe that people are ignorant when they say that. And secondly, I also want to say that I don't want to take anything away from Marvel zombies. Uh, it's been uh, a number of years since I've read it, but I do remember quite enjoying it. It's just that despite the fact that they are both stories in which the zombies uh, are part of the universe and some of the superheroes and some of the supervillains are also zombies, you know, that alone would tell most folks, oh, well, they're basically, they already did this at Marvel and DC's just doing the same thing. And yeah, on the surface, yes, you are correct. You are correct in saying that. But while Marvel Zombies was a fun romp, that's how I'll put it. It was a fun adventure, a fun book. Deceased seems to be a bit more deep and a bit more epic. That's that's where I would I would uh or how I would compare the two. Do you disagree? Well, email me, just another fanboy at gmail.com. Send me a text. Numbers in the show notes. Send me a voicemail. Numbers in the show notes. Get out there on Twitter link this episode and say, what a jerk. Look at this guy dissing on Marvel zombies. What an asshole. Don't anybody listen to this show because this guy is the worst. And then, hey, maybe uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people will flock to the episode. And maybe six of those people will stick around for future episodes. See what I'm saying? See what I'm trying to do there? All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to say goodbye at this point. So goodbye at uh, this point. baby.